Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, and how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 109. 109. Hi, guys. 109. Hey, man. What's up? What's happening, guys? I'm just thinking about what is a candied conversation. It's a sweet, sweet conversation that you enjoy and then regret later. Indeed. Place for candied conversations. It's mid-May already. Isn't that crazy? Ugh. I feel like every year we say, isn't it crazy? It's like, not so fast. My kids are like counting down the end of school. Like, <clears> like yeah. It's almost out. Yeah, I, yeah. Good grief. Even just writing 2023, I don't. Know, I five, we're five months in, but I'm like, is it 2023? I didn't have a problem with that one. Like I, that one was like, okay, cool. Ugh, no, I don't like it. Time <laughs> <laughs> just keeps going, man. It really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Doesn't care how you feel about it either. <laughs> what episode did you say we were on? <laughs> we, one we are nine. one hundred nine. One hundred nine. We're goodness. exciting bunch today. Let's start this over and try it again. Ready, go. go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the E6 Podcast, place for candid conversations. Candid Candid. conversations. Okay, we have a lot of things to get to today. We have a new series that we just started. Mm -hmm. We still have a ton of questions that we have not made it to from our You Asked For It series. So we're going to go into all of those things as well. But um, just to really, really, really dive in and move on with our lives here, uh, I want to start off with a question that we got sent in, and um, it doesn't have anything to do with the previous series or necessarily the series we're in, but it's a really good question, and I think we kind of address this every once in a while, um, but you know, we, we're going to go ahead and do it. So, um, Tanner, this is for you, Uh-oh. since you're nervous over there, because I didn't tell you about this. Great. I'm, I'm I incredibly am. relieved right I'm now, by the way. I'm freaking out a little. <laughs> you're looking at him. I'm just going to chill over here. Go ahead, Tanner. You got this, buddy. All right. All right. Here you go. So, uh, is this, this is not that bad. All right. So, why are there so many different Bible translations? Why does Colonial use the NLT over other ones? And which one should I use? Ooh. Right? Okay. So, so why are there so many? I'm I'm just kidding. It really doesn't have to be you. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I like I like this. That's fine. He likes that's this. Fine. Yes. Then I need you to answer this accurately and uh, concisely. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Why are there so many Bible translations? Go. You have to answer. Oh, that's, oh. that's your spot. That's the fill in the blank where you. I thought we you were just kidding. Uh, I thought you were going to ask the rest of it. Um, nope, just that one. Why are there so many Bible translations? There are a lot of Bible translations uh, because there's a lot of smarter people than I am. Um, I think it's more smart. There are more smarter. Yes. Um, There are. uh, Well, we've talked about this before. There's like thought for thought translations. There's word for word translations, which can get a little. So why are those different? Difficult to understand. Um, Different groups of people, different time eras, um, translating those things. Um, I don't know why there's like a million on like the Bible app. I'm not entirely sure why there's that many translations. I do like that the Bible app has a ton of them because it gives access to yes. pretty much anybody. But I like that there's so many different languages. Is, yeah, is part of why there's so well many a lot of yeah, po- yeah a lot of it is language barriers, right? Like, um, I mean, even from something as simple as like you read a a book written in German. Um, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, Christian leader, um, he writes. 
profound wrote, things in German, and you have to translate German it with big words. Right. You, so you, it's there's uh, it just translations come down to sometimes language, sometimes time I think, periods. I think any um, of our listeners who speak a second language or much less three or four, um, I barely speak one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think they get it because. When you translate from one language to another, it's just difficult. I, I grew up in Germany. My German is conversational at best. And like if you're gonna say it's really hot to me, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm real I'm really hot. If you say in German the German words in that order, I'm really hot, it's it's like I'm really sexy. Yeah. It's not the same thing. Spanish is you, similar. You yeah. say it is to me hot. Mm. And so if we translate it word for word into English, mm-hmm. it's just not very readable. Right. But if you, if you, so, so I, I was thinking about just even the way um, language changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we say it's, oh, it's raining cats and dogs. Well, in Wichita Falls in 2023, I don't even know if people say that anymore, actually. But in, <laughs> in like in the 1990s, you know, yeah, there maybe. You go. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, but in, in Texas, in our era, yeah. People know what that means. Yeah, language, language, but language moves on. changes. Yeah. and so five hundred years from now, they, if they read it, oh, it's raining cats and dogs, they're going to be like, "That is bizarre." Like, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> if you just read Exodus, then you might be like, "Well, it, apparently there was cats and it dogs was falling frogs. from the sky." Yes, yes. yeah, I, that's 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 part of it. Um, that's part of why um, there are those. Uh, and I, I also I want to say this about it. Like, I, I'll admit, like it is confusing that we have so many translations like it is to some to someone who might be a skeptic that is a uh, barrier it's a barrier there's so many translations is this even real you start to call into question i think about what we talked about like can you trust the bible you know so i i can i can appreciate the confusion that that could cause but i also think it's a really beautiful thing second part of your question was what uh why does colonial use the nlt over other ones let me answer, and then you can answer as the primary teacher, Lauren. I think we use the NLT, one, because it's pretty simple to understand. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It is thought-for-thought, thought, not word-for-word word translation. So That is correct. So it, it just puts things in language that we have a much higher percentage of understanding in today's world. Um we use the NLT, but that doesn't mean we only study the NLT. Right. So, like, we use the t- the NLT with teaching because um, it's good verbiage and it makes sense. It's easier to understand. But that doesn't mean that's the only thing that's being used to craft a, a sermon uh, series or a teaching or anything like that. There's a lot of cross reference that happens with multiple different. Yeah, as um, I say, if you translations. If you watch most any of our teachings mm. what the scriptures are put up on the board a lot of times there will be different ones throughout it and it usually says the the uh, but uh, more often version. than not it's yeah more often than not it's right in yeah <clears throat> yeah yes and the third part of that question was which one should i use right yeah. which one which i'm one? not going to tell anybody what translation to use i'll tell you what i have i'll have two nlt um but i also use common english uh bible and I use ESV um, as a cross-reference. Um, I try to be a little more well-rounded in the study that I have. And, and ESV is the English Standard English version. Standard Version, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and uh, sometimes I'll go to the NIV, but not, not often. Um, but that's why I love having the Bible app, um, mm-hmm. because I can, I can go through and just sort through 
several different versions of Scripture. And I think someone's going to ask, what version should I use? I'm going to go, I don't know. By, to me, by the version that um, is most helpful to you, one that's easier for you to understand, but all at the same time, you should make sure whatever you're reading is cross-referenced with other versions as well. Well, I think it's because there's some there could be some versions out there that I'm like I w- don't know that I would yeah. <laughs> read. That. Well, but that's what's amazing and awesome about the, the like the Bible app mm-hmm. is that you can do that. You know, mm-hmm. 20 years ago, you couldn't do that, and it was just go to Mardell and pick your, out a Bible, your, and you're stuck with you this had to one. Be a or then you or have to go spend another fifty dollars to pick yeah. another one out, and you're yeah. like. You know, so that's <clears throat> yeah. one of the that's one of the nice things too. I'll I'll go a, a take it a step further and say, I mean, I agree with you in principle. Hey, get something that works for you. That's that's the freedom we have and the options we have. I will say, if you're very new to the Bible, uh, don't get a word for word translation. Don't get the ESV. Um, that is an incredibly accurate word for word translation. Get yourself an NLT. That's that's what probably one of the main reasons we use it commonly here at Colonial. We want it to be accessible to everybody. It's just it's in language thought for thought translation. It makes sense. It's very readable. In fact, the scholars, the group that put the NLT together, one of the selling points to me twenty uh, something years ago when it first came out was they they were very convicted. These scholars, one of them was my seminary professor, by the way. Um, they said, we believe that scripture uh, comes from the oral tradition and it was originally meant to be read out loud. Like it was just in the synagogue, in the gatherings. It was the uh, first Christians included. It was meant to be read out. And people didn't carry their Bibles around. They're precious scrolls, you know, and they, so they would come in and hear scripture read. And so the NLT even has this aspect that they write in the front. You can read about it. It's, it's meant to have this emotive um, tone to it, and so so that may not make sense to some people, but there's it's meant to to be easy on the ears, so to speak, yeah, and easy to understand. Now, having said that, you get a little further along in your faith, and you really start to study, not just read, but study scripture. That's where a good word for word translation, like an ESV, yeah. comes along. That's why I'll just say this: um, this is my blanket statement for kind of meeting everybody where they are. I love to use the NLT primarily, but I love on my left and on my right to have the ESV for study purposes, to read, to cross-reference, to use your words, Tanner. And I love to have the message. The message oh, yeah. mm-hmm. is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase. It's not nearly as accurate. It's not, you, don't, you don't study it. He takes it and he puts it in what he calls street language. And it just, it just brings the familiar to life for me. And so... I feel like I can't go wrong if I have all three of those in front of me. Yeah. Um, I, I think the the key here is is accessibility, and and just recognizing man, we're we're dealing with is written in Hebrew and Greek and even a little Aramaic, and none of us speak any of those languages. So yeah. you're you're relying on these scholars. Every one of these translations is a group of geniuses that study the scripture, study the history, study the culture. And they just do their best. They they collaborate and pray. They're all Christians. They pray and they they translate it best they can for us. So um, that's a great question. Yeah, Tanner, I, I love that you brought it back to 
you know, that, that skeptical question as mm -hmm. well of, okay, so if there's so many different ways to interpret things, then how accurate can we actually be? And I would, and I would say the same thing, like go back to, uh, that was the first week. We didn't, I don't think we talked about it on the podcast, um, very much. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But, um, but go back and watch the teaching, <clears throat> the, the first you asked for it teaching, yeah. um, where Lauren and Brett sat down and talked about the, the reliability of scripture. Yep. And I think we talked about the canonization and how, how it was put together and mm -hmm. things like that. But, um, you know, maybe, maybe even, even the, both of those things, that would be a, a good way. So, okay, let's get into some of these, you asked for it questions, right? So we, we had lots of them come through. Uh, I don't remember how many we had total 70 something that, that, that came in and we've addressed several of them still have lots to go. Um, and I've tried to clump them together and, um, as, as I looked at these, they're basically talking about end times. So um, we're going to dive into some, some, uh, some super clear uh, end times um, questions, right? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, so that's where we're going to go. All right, so the first one is, um, why does the church never or rarely address the book of Revelation? Ready, go. Tanner, another one for you. Another one. Thank you. <laughs> now, any of us can speak into this. I'll jump in. Um, I think maybe I'll start for me with making it personal, uh, and then we'll talk maybe more just philosophically why I think there is there is truth to the church at, at large doesn't talk much about Revelation. Uh, for me personally, I think that uh, I'm uncomfortable with what I don't know as well. And, and I'm also less concerned to a fault. I'm less concerned with how things are going to pan out. Um, this is so silly, but I'm going to repeat it cause it just, it's stuck in my head. Um, you know, part of, of understanding end times, understanding what's going to happen in the end is there's different camps that believe, you know, Jesus is going to come before this period of tribulation. Oh no. That's pre-trib. No, Jesus is going to come after this period of tribulation. That's post-trib. It's like these different beliefs, different views. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, a pastor when I was in my 20s, I think he was trying to be funny. And he's like, you know, I get asked if I'm pre-trib or I'm post-trib. And I'm like, nah, I'm neither. I'm pan-trib because however it pans out, you know, God's in control. And it's not funny or helpful even. <laughs> and yet it does frame for me. I'm, I'm kind of like, yeah, you know. Me too. Like, I'm just not, me personally, I'm not fixated on, is it going to look exactly like this or exactly like that or exactly like this? I just know God's really good, and I've tasted at the table, and it's really good, and I'm hope-filled, as we talked about yesterday and or Sunday, and I, I just find myself less concerned about mm. end times. To me, a lot of the people I have known in my life that are, at the very least concerned, if not fixated on the conversation around end times, to me, they seem largely fearful, um, anxious people. And that may not be fair to some of you listening that, that find yourselves in that camp, so to speak. But I just, I haven't found very many kindred spirits that are super, super excited about end times discussion, end times study. Um, and so for me personally, I've just found myself drifting away from it. Um, I have some other thoughts on why the church at large doesn't seem to go there very often. Do you have any, you guys want to interrupt me at all or you want me to take off on that? I think I just, I, I understand, um, 
I think I understand both both sides of of that that conversation where you're coming from, and then maybe where the asker's coming from, um, at least to some degree. Like when when I was growing up, you know, I, I was growing up in the in the '80s and '90s, and um, as as ancient as that is, um, that was a really big time for a lot of the uh, end times. Um, pop culture stuff, Absolutely. you know, it was, it was real big on, I think it maybe even goes back to some of our older listeners, Hal Lindsey's, uh, yeah. late great se- planet like, earth, like 70 or something like I that. I grew up as a kid, just, just seeing that big giant book on the shelf and going, what is that? That's creepy. And, <laughs> and then, and then we get into left behind. Right. And then you get the nineties and you have the left behind series that sold and the movies like and hotcakes. Like right. it just, oh my goodness. I, I can't even think of something to compare it to today that, Maybe maybe even the chosen. You know what? Maybe the chosen. Right. I don't mean as much as I love the chosen and really didn't care for Left Behind. I don't mean to make that kind of comparison. But oh my goodness, everybody was reading it. Everybody was talking about it. Mm-hmm. They made some really cheesy, awful movies based on it, um, with you know Academy Award winning actors like Kirk Cameron. Um, but yeah, I'm interrupting you. Just thinking back to my childhood, right. my teenage years, my young adult years, where it was it was a large focus for the Christian church. Yeah, and, and I don't I don't remember the. And I grew up in church. Um, we were there basically every time the doors were open. I don't I don't remember the church like teaching on this very much. And that may be wrong. It may have been you know maybe all that. We were in a Baptist church when I was growing up, but. I remember that there was so much of it was just that was a lot. Like there were there were books by uh, um, oh I forget the guy's name. This present darkness, Frank uh, Peretti. Yeah, Frank Peretti wrote. Some, I, I some devoured books. those. Like books. they were. I loved those books, and it was all built around this um, this apocalyptic um, worldview of that that the rapture is going to happen, and. Uh, you know what was that? What was the DC Talk song that was a remake of somebody else? Uh, uh, G- uh, I wish we'd all been ready. Yes, you know, and it was like two men walking up a hill, one left standing still. And it's a rapture it was, song. Yeah, it was a, the a Jesus a, movement. A, a man and woman are asleep in bed, and was that Doobie Brothers? What that wasn't Doobie Brothers. Who was <laughs> I that? I don't think it was the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> But that's funny. I just I want to say, to I, just want to, I just want to say Doobie, Doobie on, on the church podcast. But so Tanner, I, I get, Tanner, I get it. it. That, that a, makes sense uh, to me, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've got your 30 seconds, right? That song. Um, that's right, yeah. So, it, I mean, it makes sense to me because, like, I grew up in that, and that was such a big deal, whether we stated but it or not, you, but it you, was implied that that was how the world was going to come to an end. There was the, you know, we're going to have the Antichrist, and so everybody yes, is looking do you for think what is the Antichrist and the mark Do you think that's, and, like, denominationally? Like, because I grew up Methodist, and we didn't talk about that stuff at all. It, like, I'm sure it is. It's, it's yeah. different Like, nobody cared. We didn't talk about, we didn't talk about what was going to happen. We didn't, we didn't, I, I think of, like, um... Uh, what was it? You would walk through, and they would like judgment house. judgment house. Like, I heard about a judgment house because some Baptist church down the road was doing it. It and, was my church. Uh, it was, it's it probably was my church. church. Yes, we and my and my hell, hell something. Uh, hell house. Hell house. Maybe yeah, our our <laughs> something like that. Our church was would would be like talking trash about this thing. You know, yeah. like don't do that. Like. So I just wonder how much of that is when somebody says, you know, why does the church, like the church at large, I don't know. I think there's multiple factors. Like I think, um, it's it's about as uh, clear about 
um, like speaking in tongues and things like that. Like those are things that happen in a denomination mm-hmm. more than another denomination mm-hmm. or or whatever. So I just wonder how much of it is that as sure. well. I'm just I'm just saying I, I I can recognize where that yeah. question comes from, especially because we live so much in. Um, in whether intended or not, we live in yeah. echo chambers a lot of the time, yes. and so what I hear, you know, growing up is, man, this is a big deal, and sure. then now we don't hear about it as much. So why is it not talked about, or why is yeah. why is the church that I go to, which becomes my experience yeah. of the church? Well, and you right, know, you know like you 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 may have been alluding to something like this, and I may not say it uh, with as much tact as you're saying. I'm going to try though, um, but. I just don't care. Like I just am like Well, that's an honest answer. I just don't I just don't think like I I think if there's you know so many of us out there that still can't get spiritual disciplines right, that still can't get generosity right, that still can't get, you know, lack of pride. I'm like I just don't think God cares if we know a lot about what the end times look like or if we're studying revelations about how that's going to happen. I But I think he cares more about how we choose to live currently. So, but that's that's where I would land now, right? But yeah. I think when you come from the, the other side, um, and and that was important. That that a lot of what that was was I remember I remember working with somebody um, years ago that told me, man, you know, we just have uh, just such an urgency to reach people for Christ. And while it's like I, I don't I don't disagree with that, but what you're like what you're saying is also reaching people for Christ is not just do you have your your get out of hell get out of hell uh you know your your get out get out of jail free card yeah yeah you know, i mean yeah your, your, like was it fire insurance you know fire, and oh, so yeah. and so it's like Oof. it's like i i i hear what you're saying but it's like it, but it's when so. You're, but when you're when the, when the big thing that's you're coming right, you're is right. this like there needs do to we be, have enough people on the lifeboat there needs to be another voice i what i think i hear you saying is it there needs to be another voice for um, not necessarily challenging that thought, but at least giving the permission to say it's actually not that, it's actually not that dire, it's actually not that big of a issue. Um, you've been told you growing up, you've been told this, or you've because of the environment you've been in, you've thought this is a bigger deal than it is, but maybe it's really not. And thinking about it that way, mm-hmm. like almost almost given permission to not be so, you know urgent with that kind of information yeah i just uh, yeah anyway yeah i, I that, those are good thoughts i pr- actually really appreciate your reflection on your upbringing brooke and your um just honest answer <laughs> i don't i'm sorry I don't, I don't think that was tactless i think you probably speak for a chunk of people um i think that part of where i think you're coming from tanner that, that at least resonates with me is First of all, we are largely an an illiterate uh, culture when it comes to the Bible, and I don't say that with yeah. any judgment. I, I'm not. I'm just saying how it is. You yeah. Know? Um, there's a ton. I, I, let's just talk about our church. Uh, I'm confident that just like most other churches, there's a ton of people that call Colonial Church family. Maybe you're listening to our podcast right now that just aren't aren't really well read when it comes to the Bible specifically. And if that's the case, to, to whatever degree that's the case, I'll just be honest, I don't want to go to Revelation with them. I mm. want to go to the Gospels. 
Um, I want to take Martin Luther. Martin Luther, um, his 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 thing was, let's just let's just read Romans over and over and over and over <laughs> and over again. You know what? He he was basically saying, why read this other stuff? This is this is the gospel. You know, um, I I battle less. Okay, making time for Revelation. I'm I'm like, oh, I should I should also read some of the Old Testament just to have a, a fuller appreciation for who God is and how He's made us and and His character and because um, I tend to just gravitate toward I'm in the Gospels again, I'm in the Gospels again, and I veer into other parts of the New Testament, not Revelation, and then back to the Gospels. <laughs> and so, but I think that in part is okay because most of our our peers, most of our friends, our small group members on our left and our right. The people we're trying to do life with every day are largely biblically illiterate. Guess what? I don't want to spend time in Leviticus with them, and I don't want to spend time in Revelation with them. Mm. That's not that's not the place I want to start. Right. If we never end up there, we're missing parts of it. You know. Yeah. I even read somebody said, um, "I've been going to church my whole life. I'm such such age, really old, and I don't know that I've ever 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 heard a sermon on Revelations chapter six through eighteen." <laughs> and, and they're right. I thought about it because I looked it up, and the first two, three chapters of Revelation are these letters to the different churches. And I've heard so many teachings on that over the especially when I was a kid, like mm-hmm. Ebrook. But even, you know, sporadically as an adult, because we can learn from that. There are words to these different kinds of churches that we can we can contextualize and learn from. And then we jump right to the very, very end of Revelation that gives us hope for a future that's going to be very, very different. And you read chapter six through eighteen, and it's filled with all this imagery and symbolism, and what in the world does that mean? And and it's it's uncomfortable. Um, it can be confusing. It can be downright frightening. And guess what? We don't go there, you know. And so I think that's one reason is for a lot of people it's just confusing and frightening. Um, I think that uh, because there are significantly different interpretations of Revelation. It makes even people like me, who's in leadership, who's a pastor, who's an elder, go, ah, I'm not sure. I think this is where I land. or I, These are the people I really respect the most, and this is what they say, but oh my goodness, that's just, that's not my area of expertise. And so um, I, I think that we're missing a piece if we never go there. I think there's an understandable reason we don't start there. And I, I think there's some reasonable things that we can draw um, maybe at the end of the day, this question that's asked, um, at least for us as three pastors here at Colonial and for our elders as well, just to, okay, in what ways are we not being holistic in the way we lead our people and teach them what Scripture says? Mm. And um, do we need to rethink what we're emphasizing? Or I, Right now, I'm praying about what are we going to study in the fall? What yeah. are our Sunday morning gathering times going to be when we open up the scriptures? You know what? It's probably not going to be Revelation. But my point is we need to hold everything loosely and say, mm-hmm. God, what do you want to say to us? Mm-hmm. And what do you want us to do about it? Mm-hmm. Right? So, Okay, so since we're letting people ask these questions, I, I think I know what you're going to say here, but this was their opportunity to ask, so they did. So uh, I think they're also looking for a full-on study. But um, what do end times look like? So having said everything we just said, yep. you want the the right answer. You want us to say, um, well, there are some people, l- let me back up. 
I think there are some people there. I just I just alluded to the different interpretations we have. Mm-hmm. There are some people who believe that it is all symbolic, that it is there are things for us to learn, but there's not really these kind of creatures or these kind of events that are going to happen. Um, there are others that teach that it represents specifically uh, Rome, the Roman Empire. Uh, it represents, uh, like when it talks about Babylon, Babylon right. you know. Um, there are even some, I don't, this is crazy, but there's even some people that link it to, you know, this This is about the United States and stuff like that. Right. Um, there are some people who believe that the events in Revelation already happened. Uh, and that even the talking of the second coming of Christ in some ways that, that, that by the way, this is not Orthodox Christianity. This is a, a real small, you could say it's a small group in a, in a huge sea of, of Christian teachers over the years that says, yeah, that ar- it already happened. Jesus already came. Um, and then there's a lot of other people that interpret uh, Revelation to say this is what, maybe to land the plane here, what the end times are going to look like. Uh, I'll go back and just kind of sheepishly double down on the reality of I can't speak for what much of Revelation means as an expert teacher. I can say that the first few letters to these churches, to the seven churches in early Revelation, uh, there's some really challenging words for us as Christians, for the church at large, just reading about these messages that John wrote that he had for these different churches. Um, and then I do jump to the end of Revelation like almost everybody else. I mean, you read the last two chapters. Go to the, go to the end of your Bible. Read the last two chapters. Some of it won't make sense, but the, the vibe you get is a hope-filled... It's, it's the spoiler. It's the end of the story that God wins that there's no more sorrow, there's no more loss, there are no more tears, uh, that he is victorious, and we can we can bank on that. And I think that's very purposeful why that's placed at the end of our, our New Testament. Um, okay, so another, another one of the questions, as you alluded to a minute ago, that there's different, different parts of this and different events that would, that, that are interpreted to have to happen. Um, one of the questions says, um, why do some Christians believe that the rapture, which was a, mm. a word you did not talk about there, um, but as one of those events, why, why do they believe that the rapture already took place back in 70 AD? Um, I saw that question and, and I actually had to do a little research cause I I've heard that said before, but I didn't know, I didn't think it was prevalent. That is not a prevalent thought. Um, there is a very small group of Christians that that would tell you they believe that the the events in the Book of Revelation actually refer specifically to the destruction historically to the destruction of Jerusalem, which happened in AD seventy. So um, when we think, oh, that's what's going to happen, we believe as 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 more in the norm, more in the what we call the Orthodox Christian camp. We believe, no, 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 so many of these events, some of them have happened already, but so many of these events have not happened yet. Um, this, there is a group that is very unique <laughs> that believes this already happened. 
Um, I learned a word. Um, this I'm, I'm barely remembering this from seminary days because I don't think it captured my attention then. Um, but there's, uh, there's a, a view called uh, preterism or hyper-preterism. And uh, it's com- it comes from... Um, trying to find my notes here it comes from the the language the the latin praetor which means past so it's saying we believe these things already happened um and that's just not something that orthodox christians would tell you they they fall in line with so um the very very short answer is why do some you know if the question is why do some christians believe that happened well actually most christians don't and that's certainly not something that we um as pastors, as elders here at Colonial, n- none of us believe that. Um, we believe Revelation is largely about some things that has not happened yet. Okay, one more before we sh- we switch gears here. Um, the uh, sorry, I just I just moved away from it. Oh yeah. Uh, so several New Testament authors include statements about the last days being very near, almost mm-hmm. imminent in their time. What are your thoughts on what led them to believe that? And 2,000 plus years later and counting, mm. it still doesn't feel very imminent. I think that's one of the more honest, difficult questions. I I hesitate on purpose because I don't want to, I don't want to move quickly over what I'm trying to communicate. I think there's a bunch of these questions that have been submitted over the last many weeks that are quick and easy or that, oh, I know the answer to that one. Oh, I know what I think about that one. I think this is in a, in a long list of maybe easier or at least more clear questions and answers. I think this is an honest, troubling question. Um, the way I would answer that is I put myself in the shoes of, uh, let's go to the, the people that we were reading about you know, this week. I'm in Priscilla and Aquila's shoes. I'm in Apollos's shoes. I'm in the shoes of, of the people in that synagogue where Apollos was teaching and then in Achaia where he traveled to and, and told people about Jesus. And I'm that those, you know, this is roughly 30 something years. Most people argue after the resurrection of Jesus, the first Easter, and they're being told this is the good news and he's coming back. I don't think they, I think understandably, most of them were thinking, awesome, well, let's keep our eyes open, (laughs) you know? Oh, sweet, when, you know? And um, to the point where, I can't remember if it's 1 Thessalonians or 2 Thessalonians, but there's a group in Thessalonica that quit their jobs, like they're sitting around. And Paul says, you bunch of lazy (laughs) goofballs, get up. I mean, and, and they're basically, they're saying, but Jesus is coming. Like, why, 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 why make some widgets? Why, why work in the fields? Why do these things that you like that? I said widgets. <laughs> I love it. Cause now I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, doobies, widgets, whatever, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just contributing here on the podcast. Um, but why do our jobs? Why, why punch the clock? Why go to work? Jesus is coming. And Paul did not say, no, 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 no. Uh, that could be thousands of years from now. He didn't clarify that. Um, and yet he does say, no, 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 no. Go to work like you're working for the Lord. Mm. Like live every day 
like he is your master, like he is your king. We don't know when he's coming. And so um, from a human standpoint, that's what I wrap my brain around is I don't blame them in that time and place for just everything from wondering if he's coming tomorrow or the next day or next year to even being really hopeful and, and choosing to believe that he's about to be here. Guess what? I'm pretty confident every generation has done that. I mean, back to upbringing. Yeah. That's why this Left Behind series took off. That's why, but what, you know, a couple decades before that, Late Great Planet Earth took off and bestseller is because, I mean, how many times have we seen that stereotypical, whether it's in a movie or in real life, the guy with a, a, a sign, you know, mm-hmm. in Times Square. The end on, is near. Repent. The end is near. And and we're like, you know what? This movie was made in 1963. You know, I, I don't think the end was and near usually, then. And usually it's about some atomic bomb or alien yes. invasion. Yes. You know, so and it's why every generation. <laughs> something drastic about that. <laughs> um, if I can digress for a second, this is one of my favorite student ministry moments, is there's this great quote. I don't have it in front of me. But it, in so many words, it says, Oh, my goodness, the kids of today they're so rebellious, they're disrespectful to their parents, they're lazy, they're da-da-da-da, and just has this paragraph of disparaging comments about the kids of today. And it was written by Socrates. Yeah. And it's just a picture of, oh, you know what? Every generation, <laughs> Every generation thinks the same <laughs> thing. The same thing. <laughs> and <Dang> so millennials. <laughs> I think in some ways I'm trying to link that to why, why do we always say it's imminent? Why do we just think, ah, you know what, he's going to be... Look, look at the... I mean, how many times do we hear, especially some of our older peers in probably every generation, but for us right now, say, oh my goodness, look at the awfulness going in the, on in the world. Yeah. Look at... look at. I mean, the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and oh my goodness, it's never been this bad. Actually, it has for a long time, you know, and it ebbs and flows, and... We've had holocausts and genocides, and we this wasn't the first pandemic, you know, in human history. And um, so all that to say, I, I think there's some human reasons why we can try to appreciate this understanding, even from first century Christians that we read about that say that, that his coming is imminent. Ultimately, we've got to remind ourselves, the Bible says we will not, he's coming like a thief in the night. You know, that's that's visual imagery. You know, <laughs> it's not a planned out. Here it's, you go. Yeah, it's when I'll be here. <laughs> if someone says they know Nostradamus or anybody else who says I know when it's going to happen, they, they actually don't know. Nobody and, knows, and they've know. consistently been proven wrong. <laughs> yes, over and over and over again. Well, it reminds me of a couple of things. One, a conversation that I had with somebody several months ago now, but um, that they were talking about basically that they their parents believed God, that that Jesus was coming back in their lifetime Mm -hmm. and that for sure in their kid's lifetime Mm -hmm. and that, 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 that person had then basically kind of trans, you know, taken that on, on themselves and also felt like, man, in my lifetime, Jesus is going to come back. And then even maybe by the end of, you know, my kid's lifetime. And then in this conversation, just coming to a realization and saying, you know what? I used to think that. And now I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have any reason to think that he's coming back in my lifetime. Like that's, that's more of a self-centered kind of a, why, why would the end time be now in my lifetime versus another 2000 years from now or 
six months from now yeah. or you know whatever but uh, and the other thing is the other thing is there was a there was a part uh, you, you talked about the chosen earlier there was a part in the in the second season I think it was towards the end of the second season and it was just a little bitty uh, like a little bitty comment but there was a little part when Jesus was talking about um, or he had, he had just gotten back and the the disciples were all in a room together, like freaking out because they were supposed to be someplace. And Jesus said he, he was, he'll be back soon. And he had like wandered off and was doing something. And, and, uh, and, and they were, and so they were debating what he meant by the word soon. And I was just like, man, that's funny. Like that's, and, and so I, I, I guarantee you that's what they are thinking is about funny. is that this implication that he's going to be back yeah. soon, you know, and all this. And I was just sitting there like, that's funny. Like yeah. that is awesome. Don't we, I mean, Forgive me for stating the obvious. Don't we say that though? Like, if I tell you I'll be there soon, and if Tanner <laughs> tells you I'll be there soon, we were laughing about this a couple of days ago. We're not really talking about the same time frame. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you take it in context. It's, it's, you know, it's semantics. It's context. Yeah. Yeah. So, what does it mean? Jesus is coming soon. You know. Um, All right, let's switch gears a little bit. We got a couple more of these questions that are. Are we still on end times? Yep, we're still a little bit. You want to okay. keep going? I, I want to finish with something Paul said about end times, but we don't. Uh, need well, uh, go go ahead and go there. Is the next two are, are more about heaven? Okay, well maybe this is a good segue then. I I want to I want to go ahead and read four verses from Philippians Philippians three. Maybe not the place you would think to read when it comes to the end times. This is uh, one of the last last things Paul. One of the last things Paul wrote. Uh, Philippians 3, verse 17 and following. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Speaking of training deliberately, we talked about that this weekend. He says, For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things. And they think only about this life here on earth. And here's the shift he makes. He says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. This is the, the best part. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own. Using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. This is right in the middle of a letter that he's writing about, about to your point earlier, Tanner, how to live out our faith today. This, this is right before he says, hey, don't be anxious about anything. Mm. Or I think it's right after. Right after he says, don't be, don't, don't be worry-filled. Take everything to God and, and just rest it on him. How do you live out your faith today, tomorrow, the next day? And in that same letter, he's, he's like reminding them, okay, everybody else is so fixated on the here and now. We have a different perspective. We have... Uh, an eternal perspective and we know Jesus is coming back and we know that he's going to just make everything different, better. Uh, that jumps out to me. It's not, it's not the weird imagery of revelation. It's right in the middle of, of sound Orthodox Christian teaching. So, all right. So to switch to a little more of a heaven, uh, centered question here. Um, when, when we die, do we go straight to heaven? That's a great question. I did not. Uh, I did not scour the uh, the scripture and be ready to answer that one. I I <laughs> this is where I feel like I'm a disappointment as a pastor because <laughs> because I'm going to use Tanner's uh, I'm going to use Tanner's 
language real quick, and I'm going to be very brief about this. I don't care. Like, there are some people I know who believe we instantly go to heaven, you know? I know there's others that, that you, you can find some places in Scripture that believe that we fall asleep and mm-hmm. that decades later, centuries later, at some point, umpteen the, years yeah. later, we, we go to heaven. Guess what? Either way, it feels instantaneous, right? I mean, if we're just going to sleep until then, then wh- who cares? What I, I don't care about the reality of the timing as much as the experience is identical. We zap ourselves to heaven or we fall asleep for 5,000 years and we wake up in heaven. Like I, I just, I've, I've heard those debates mm. and I've, I've seen the scripture that people go to for that. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like let's watch, you know, another basketball game instead of talk about this. I just don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't care. Is that, is that too flippant? Maybe. Can I you mean, edit that out? Yeah, that's right. right. We'll just cut that off. Mm. I mean, I think you have you have. Uh, I, I've heard this question. It's interesting. I'm curious. Yeah, but right. I don't care. I, you know, but you always have. There's like the okay. Somebody came back to life after being dead for X number of minutes. You know what was there, or they've been in a coma for so long, and what was their experience? And there's always that uh, glamorization of maybe they saw something, and and maybe that's a glimpse into heaven. And um, you know, I I I, I don't know. I don't know. But at the same time, then I think about the thief on the cross, right? Right. What did he say to the thief on the cross? He said, today. Today you'll be with me in that's, paradise. That's one of the passages that people go to to say, well, hold on. I think it's instantaneous. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, please forgive me. I feel like I just joined Tanner's uh, school of. Don't come ta- over to the dark side. Tackless <laughs> dark conversation. Side. I think it's the dark <laughs> side of the afternoon when we record this. That may be the maybe. problem. Here, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> please, please give us some grace. All right. One, one more on. One more on heaven. Um, will rewards in heaven be different based on our works here on earth? Ooh, that's a good question. I ha- I have grown up. Speaking of uh, just upbringing and the influence of of thinking, I re- I remember being told many times that. There's jewels in our crown. There are rewards, you know, on an mm. eternal level for the things we do. Um, I, it probably ties back to my simplicity in my, in my understanding of the character of God. Um, on one hand, um, he is a grace-filled merciful God. He does not give us what we deserve. In fact, he gives us exactly what we don't deserve. And that doesn't add up. That doesn't jive with our performance-based thinking, I think, in this life. If I work harder, I get paid more. If I if I accomplish more, I get recognized. I get bonuses. I get, I get you know, props. Um, and so on an intuitive level, that doesn't seem to be consistent with the gospel. Um, and yet, Scripture does talk about things like that. And um, to me, it, it ta- this is where I'll land. It takes me to the parable of uh, the workers. And he has some—this is one of my favorite parables Jesus told, by the way, so forgive me if I get a little passionate. But he hires some workers. The, guy, the, the master hires some workers first thing in the morning— and then he needs more workers later in the morning, so he hires some more workers. And then he hires some more workers in the middle of the day. And then he hires some more workers like at the 11th hour, you know, so to speak, the end of the day. And then they all get lined up to get paid, and he pays them all the same. And the people who work their tails off all day are mad 
because the master paid the one who worked for like barely any at the end of the day got paid just as much. And he's like, I love it. I love it so much. He's like, who are you to begrudge me being generous? Like I gave you exactly what I told you I would give you. Why do you care that I'm giving them a lot? You know, I'm not giving them any more than you, (laughs) you know? And, and why can't I, it's my stuff. And that's that, that parable alone has shaped my understanding of the generosity of God. So I guess where I'll land, um, just barely close to, I don't care as an answer, uh, is, you know what, when we get up there, when we, when we get into the presence of God for all eternity, and if, if on my left, he's given somebody else some amazing rewards for some things they've done, and he's given me some stuff and he's given somebody to my right less or whatever. I, I just don't think any of us are going to remotely care because we're just so grateful for the goodness of God, the generosity of God. So that's not, I confess, that's not a scripture-based answer. That is, at least specifically, that's more of an intuitive answer based on scripture, based on what I understand about his character revealed in scripture. Um, Have either one of you read anything along those lines that's helpful about eternal reward? Putting you on the spot, I realize that. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, uh, again, I think coming from, from my background, I, um, I think that there is a lot of, of that, that, as you said, like the, the rewards and is tied to my, my worth and am I, you know, am I doing enough? Am I good enough or am I better than, um, and I know those are kind of harsh, those are kind of harsh ways to, to talk about that. But, um, I think I kind of lean in the same direction as you here that, you know, I think when we're in the presence of of God, it like, that's where we are, not not like here and he's here with us, but like we're we're in, in in the presence of God, in paradise, in heaven, whatever that looks like, whether that's streets of gold and flowing with milk and honey, however that would actually function, you know, and mansions, and is your mansion very big or does mine have more rooms? Or what? I don't I don't know. As you said, I don't know that I really care. I don't I I think I agree. I don't know that we will. I don't think we'll even be aware. I don't. I don't think that that well, will be our focus. The, on, the at only all. put I agree with. But I, I think we're all on the same page. I, Paul does talk about it in a few places. Peter talks about it a little bit. Um, I, I it's it's not central to the gospel message. It's not central to the teachings for the church. Uh, and I don't think I don't think it's something we should spend time on. I think I think because we live in such a skewed. Uh messed up worldview so many of us including christians of you know love is conditional uh it so much of life is merit-based and the gospel is just it turns everything on its head and so the gospel is no 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 no, no. you can't you i mean what is paul what the same paul who talks about eternal rewards also says we're, we're saved by grace alone and 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 it's nothing we've done to earn it we can't boast about it and so to me, there's some cognitive dissonance there to even even spend moments thinking well, about eternal yeah, reward. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would offer on it is we... You've been holding back we're, right now. <laughs> yeah. We're so... We can tend to be so caught up in the what are we supposed to do aspect, which is where the rule-following stuff comes in. It's... 
Um, it's where we learn first about God, what he says we should do, rather than who he says he is and who we should become. Um, I think I think when it comes to... Uh, this makes me think of like works-based. You know, it makes me think of like uh, worst ba- works-based uh, Christianity. Um, I think when it comes to differing, differ- differentiating, I don't know, between the two things... If we are more concerned with the type of people we are called to be, that transformation from within, guess what? It it leads us to do things we wouldn't have or, ordinarily done. Yes, it leads us to be more That's, gracious well than we wouldn't have been on our own. It leads us to be more generous than we wouldn't have been otherwise. It leads us to be more helpful than we wouldn't have been otherwise. To be more thoughtful, encouraging than we would have been otherwise. So. I think when you think when you focus on transformation, then um, those works, so to speak, quote unquote works, uh, tend to come out of us as transformed people. But if you focus on the works thing, you can get those mi- mixed up. Yeah, yeah. You focus on works. I'm not sure you get a transformed life. Yeah. You just follow a bunch of rules, and you can become resentful and prideful about it. And isn't isn't that? I mean, that'll preach, Tanner. Isn't that the gospel? It's Jesus comes along and says, "No, no, no. no. These these are good things. I'm I've, you've been told to do, but if you focus on on the doing, if you focus on checking those boxes, if you focus on those things, like even a good thing like practicing Sabbath, mm. you're fixated on all the rules around it and the limitations of it." and the do's and the don'ts, and you are completely missing it. But you know what? If you focus on connection with me and my goodness and my generosity, and then you're going to look at this this religious practice, this weird thing called Sabbath, and you're going to go, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that gift. You know, right. And it's it's all about focus. Yeah. It's, it's all about the motivation of the heart. And I think, to your point, we focus on on who he is and who he invites us daily to become. All these good things follow. Mm-hmm. All these good things follow, including the things we get rewarded for in mm-hmm. eternity mm-hmm. that we're just not even worried about. Yeah, love it. Well, those are some very specific questions that we had this tough ones. this week for end times and heaven and all that 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 are not questions that we normally have all the time. So, thank you for those questions. For anybody that sent those in, um, we will continue to. Uh, sprinkle or dump in a bunch of 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 the you asked for questions that we've got over the next uh, several weeks as we continue moving forward. So let's move on to um, the uh, the new series that we're in. Um, and I say new series. That's the part three of brand of, new. <laughs> it's brand new. <laughs> going to the third part of Acts and um, now getting into the journey of Paul outside of the early church that's already started and that is expanding, and now Paul is going on his missionary journeys and then his chances to come alongside the, uh, those, those churches, and then specifically uh, getting into the, um, the story of Apollos as uh, he has some friends come and visit that were not friends. They were people that just came to hear him speak and then pulled him aside and said, hey, dude... Um, you're doing a great job, but uh, you could be better. Maybe that's the nice way. Here, not not just here you're wrong, but here, here's some ways that we can fix this and you can be better. Um, so what what are we doing here with this last half 
and uh, and then jumping into the story of Apollos. Well, you you alluded to it. We're we're trying to finish the book. <laughs> I think um, I think pe- people even a- speaking of qu- asking questions over time, people ask you know why are we studying this or why are, when are we going to have a sermon series or teaching series about this that or the other. There's different things different churches do. There are some churches that all they do is is I'll I don't mean to sound negative. I, I mean this in a positive way. They will wade through scripture. They will work themselves through book after book. They'll go verse by verse. I mean, there's merit to that, you know? Um Calvary Chapel is is kind of is a denomination. It's a church uh group that's that's huge it's global and that's what kind of what they're known for is you go to calvary chapel because you want to open up your bible you want to scribble in the margins you want to you want to just study um there are there are some other churches that everything's topical they want to um at worst they want to tickle ears but but at best with the best of intentions these kind of churches want to speak to things that are relevant to people let's talk about parenting let's talk about what it means to to be a Christian in the workplace. Let's talk about you know, diff- let's talk about money and and how we manage our money differently as Christians. It's topical. You know, it's funny. I've worked at both of those churches. You've worked at both of those. <laughs> okay, that that is funny. Just, yeah, yeah. That is funny. Um, I I would like to think that Colonial um, way before my time, before Jim's time, before Terry's time, before I go, I can name pastors before me, is has had this 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 good mix. You know. Um, I'm sure we've leaned one way or the other at times, but I know where we are now. We we have decided, hey, let's take you know a month, two, three, four at a time, and let's be very topical. Let's let's tackle some things we think God wants us to wrestle with, and then let's step back into and we've looked at the Book of John, and uh, with the work the whole way through it. Let's let's look at um, we've we studied the Book of Philippians. We called it something different, you know, from a topical standpoint, but we worked our way through Philippians. Well, we started going through Acts two years ago, knowing there's no way we're going to do this for a year <laughs> to work <laughs> ourselves all the way through 28 chapters. And so we just took, we took 10 chapters. We took a chunk of it and then we took a break. And I don't think anybody was super frustrated about that or, or, you know, we didn't have an uprising. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it's almost like, oh, breath of fresh air. Let's do something topical. Oh, now it's at the movies. Like, it's just different. Um, and then we came back to it last year, and we worked our, I think it was chapters 11 through 17. We have decided, okay, let's step back into, we, we did some questions. <clears throat> Before that, we looked at Easter people for a number of weeks. Um, let's step back into a chapter by chapter by chapter study. Let's encourage everybody to read the whole book every week. I want to say that again, man. Have you read it this week? Are you listening? Have, have you read the whole book of Acts this week? There's, there's something I think really rich about us all doing that kind of a shared experience. Um, I think this this Sunday when we open up Acts chapter 19, and you've you've read the whole, you have context. We're going to talk about a riot on Sunday. You have context for why was there a big riot, um, and so that's where we are. We're going to finish the book of Acts. We're gonna we're gonna see. Uh, the the last uh, of Paul's r- crazy road trips. Um, the the series logo we have is is this cool boat on a, on the big waves, um, and it's because he's he he ended up getting shipwrecked. He's he's traveling from coast to coast to island to other coast, and 
Um, there's some miracles we're going to, we're going to read about. There's some persecution, uh, we're going to read about, and it's just this picture of the explosion of the church. And, uh, I don't think it's that hard for us to contextualize. Okay. What does that mean for us as a church that's trying to, to be faithful and live differently and point people to Jesus? So hmm. that's my long kind of re intro to where we are. What's your next question, Brooke? Those are my questions. Wait, Those are your questions. questions. That was it. That was it. <laughs> I was just getting us here. And then, then it's I love it. your turn to I love fill it. in some. We're stories. doing this for the next several weeks. And then uh and then not that far from now, we're gonna be diving into at the movies. Talk about going from one extreme to yeah. the other. We're gonna that's partly why we it's part of the fun. Yeah. Let's let's immerse ourselves in scripture and right about the time you think, Man, are the, are these guys just, you know, trying to just be you know, academic and, and intellectual. And the next thing you know, we've got the red carpet out, yep. you know, like last year. And we're, we're, we're watching some fun movies and looking for the truth from scripture in them. And I love that. I love that. We're kind of trying to meet a lot of different people where they are. Yeah. All right. Well, we will continue acts next week as we dive back into that. And, uh, we will probably bring some more of our, you asked for it questions. Um, as always, if anybody has other questions, just like denom- uh, not denominations, what are the different uh, translations? That's the word I'm looking for. Translations, you know, that's a great question. Send them in. Let's talk about mm. that. And let's let's all be on the same page and understand why we're doing what we're doing and how we do things and all of that. So, um, all right, well, let's wrap this thing up here. We will be back again next week. Um, and as always, this is the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. You can get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com, or you can download our app, which is probably a better option at the App Store or the Google Play Store. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Send us your questions, send us your feedback, send us your thoughts. Podcast at colonialchurch.com. That's our email. Thank you for listening, and we will pick up our conversation again next week.